Yo, and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? Some of us do better than others. I think we remember it pretty well at this point. Yeah, yeah. We, we discover little gems along the way, though, that I feel like I never would have noticed. We're rediscovering more than we are remembering, and it's an absolute delight. But uh, today's episode is more of a delight than usual, even if you can imagine such a thing. We've got a very fun episode in store because we've got a very fun guest to the pod this week. Hi. Please welcome to the podcast, our friend and yours, Thomas Vallad. Hey. Thomas Vallad. I want to let this keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is yours, Thomas. What would you like to say to the world? Awesome. We scream for an hour. <laughs> I want to put it past you. I've heard you whisper for an yeah. hour. Yep, yep, yep. Thomas. Uh, you may know Thomas from ASMR Prom. Which he performed in a couple of different venues to the delight and in some cases horror of the audience. Yes, London, Ontario's premier ASMR entertainer. I was subsequently run out of town. <laughs> and today you're looking like such a baller. Like you've got more facial hair than I've ever seen on you and you're Thanks. wearing like a sick basketball shirt. I'm letting everything run wild right now. I'm like... Uh, just kind of like wallowing in my basement apartment. Um, but my landlord's um, children came into my apartment this afternoon because there's uh, not one but two leaks in my ceiling, um, which they came down to fix. And I was like, oh, I'm not used to like being seen by anyone anymore. Um, and I took off my basketball jersey and then put it back on. Um, because I was <laughs> they can't know. They can't. <laughs> I couldn't decide if it was weirder to leave on or change my basketball jersey. <laughs> to a different basketball jersey? for me and my landlord's children to know. <laughs> I was definitely picturing like school-age kids like coming yeah, to your house. Me just too. fixing your roof. <laughs> I say children. They are older than me. <laughs> <laughs> my landlord's old children came down. <laughs> I just want to be able to like shelter and enjoy my not having to do anything and appear in front of anybody. And that's being ruined right now. So. <laughs> it's being ruined by my landlord's old children. Anyways, I'm back in my basketball jersey. I'm back in my beard and I'm ready to rock. I love it. I hope we can hear like furniture slamming upstairs over the course of this. <laughs> that would be a tr the true truth. I've, I've been getting a lot of motorcycle noise, which is uh, the sign of the times when you're recording in your apartment. Yeah, it's, it's quarantine ambience. I tried to go get my garbage cans earlier, but the neighbors were like playing cricket in like the yards between our houses and they had like attached some sort of like strike zone to my gate. <laughs> so if I opened it, I was going to be like pelted. <laughs> so I just had to leave my garbage at the curb. That, that's oh, one no. of the strangest, like most niche problems I've ever heard. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> you ever trying to get your garbage bins and your neighbors are just playing cricket? <laughs> I don't blame them. It's a perfect alley. It's a cursy alley. It's a cursy alley. The the cursy alley Stephen Hawking tweet reappeared on my timeline today. Oh. I was thinking of you. Oh, thank God. What's what's the cursy alley Stephen Hawking tweet? Um, the incredibly important tweet. Um, I think like the day that Stephen Hawking died, Kirstie Alley tweeted out a picture of Stephen Hawking and said, um, thanks for your input. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, that's funny. Oh my God. So this week we're talking about season one, episode 19, This Just In. This initially aired January 9th, 2004. 2003 is over. We're done with it. We're into the new year now. Oh, fuck. That means I'm going to turn 12. <laughs> <laughs> shit. We're going to fuck shit up. <laughs> this was directed by Stacey Curtis, who also has credits directing for Street Legal, Ready or Not, Animorphs, In a Heartbeat, Moccasin Flats, and Naturally Sadie. Uh, she's done a ton of work in the Canadian media scene. 
Is Animorphs Canadian? There was an Animorphs TV show. Yes. Yep. TV show is Canadian. <gasps> I feel Holy so deprived. <laughs> I need a supercut of all of the transformation scenes. I feel like that's the only worthwhile thing that can come from that show. And this episode was written by Brent Piaskowski. And we don't have any guest stars. It's just, uh, it's our main crew, plus Ed, plus Ted. And uh, a lot of really good Waller content. Yes, that's true. Oh, Principal Waller's so good in this one. This is a wild ride. Principal Waller's wild ride. <laughs> I wanted to get off Principal Waller's wild ride. <laughs> yes. What okay. is that from? I've seen a lot of I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride, and I don't know the origin of it. So... It's in reference to somebody made a ride in Roller Coaster Tycoon. You know, in Roller Coaster Tycoon, there's the one ride where it's the little cars on a track and it moves really slowly. I've never played Roller Coaster Tycoon, okay. but I follow. Thomas. <laughs> I know, it's a travesty. But you can, so you can build a car ride that moves really slowly. So somebody made one and did it all up with skeleton decor and called it Mr. Bones Wild Ride. And in Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, so I think they were playing 2, you can actually have signs that have like the ride's name on it. So he had like a skeleton sign with like Mr. Bones Wild Ride. And he made it so long and the ride is so slow. It takes like three years of in-game time to finish the ride. <laughs> so you can see your you can see your visitors' thoughts while they're on the ride. And like, it's just endless. I want to get off Mr. Bones Wild Ride. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. It's very good. So it's some someone fucking around with a video game. It's a good time. My, my favorite thing to do in Roller Coaster Tycoon was I would find somebody who was in a bad mood and like their thoughts would be like, I'm not having a good time or I don't like this part. And I would pick them up and I would put them in the water and I would wait until they'd almost drown. <laughs> and I would pick them up and I put them back and I would rename them Quit Your Bitching and then I would leave it and just move on. Jody. <laughs> I am your god. <laughs> Never doubt. I... You, should, you should have named them Job or something <laughs> from the book of Job. Thank you for your biblical ref. Yeah, sick <laughs> biblical refs. Sorry, I didn't go to Catholic school. <laughs> my my wild childhood friend, John, um, would come over to play GameCube with me. And I had this like, I think it was the, the 2000 Olympics GameCube game, the Winter Amazing. Olympics. No, it must have been 2002 um turin and no. we just like no salt lake city baby salt lake city yes the mormon olympics <laughs> um and we hated the american guy for whatever reason i only remember him looking like lionel richie and nothing else about him and he was like the skier so we would take him and we would just crash him into all of the poles and the mobiles <laughs> events and then just like laugh our asses off at the commentators being like just like talking about how he's gonna like ruin his career and like <laughs> just like shit talking to this guy <laughs> Yeah, that's right, you are, because of us. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most fun I ever had playing video games. I love it. Now, a cinema that is going to change all of our lives is called Happy People, Happy Planet. So we kick off the episode on just some absolutely wild energy. Uh, the gang is hanging out at the cafeteria, presumably at lunchtime, and Waller runs in, not in his three-piece suit, no. already throwing us for a loop, but also in a headset microphone. And he's raving about this like motivational lecture that he went to and is, wants to spread the message of it to Roscoe. That message being, happy people, happy planet. And yeah, he's wearing like the bulkiest looking headpiece ever. And he basically, he tells the students that 
as part of their happiness thing, they're all going to be on a first name basis now. And I think one of my favorite parts of the scene, he says, you can call me Danny. And in the background, we just hear this one extra go, Danny, eh? <laughs> After he says that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny that it takes him a second. He goes to talk to Travis later and he says, Mr. Oh, sorry, Travis. Like, I don't remember being called like Ms. Roach or anything by any of my teachers or principals. Like, is that it? Was that a case for you guys at all? Yeah, I was definitely called like Ms. Roach by by some teachers, um, particularly oh. my high school math teacher. He he remembered everybody's names. Like he he only taught me grade ten math, but I remember like walking down the hallway in like grade twelve and passing by him, and he'd be like, "How you how you doing today, Ms. Roach?" Which was like kind of a nice thing. But my more prominent mm-hmm. memories of that math teacher were that um, he hosted math help after school, and if you missed a test or a summative. A lot of the time you'd make it up by going to math help instead of, you know, having a timer, like doing it over your lunch. Um, but those days were also when he went to the gym. So he would come <laughs> to like check up on you <laughs> while you were writing a test. But he would do it in his like mesh gym shirt. <laughs> what? <laughs> So I'd be sitting there like writing a summative and I was bad at math summatives. So it was already a stressful time. But then your sweaty math teacher in, in a mesh shirt. This is only okay if this teacher is 95 years old. <laughs> he would walk in and be like, how do you need any help with that, Miss Roach? And I'd be like, oh, I can see your nipples. <laughs> but I mean, oh, like boy. Waller has called him Mr. Strong several times or like yes. Mr. McGrath and all of that. I think Kim is the only student oh, that yeah. calls by her name. I haven't, like, watched with my eyes an episode of this show since I was, like, eight. Waller is extremely attractive, and it does not come across <laughs> in the prior podcast. Oh, you're, you're right. We really forgot to talk about how hot Waller is. He is hot. It's incredibly disarming. He's not an unattractive man. No, he's not. Hey, Hamish, you out there listening? You make him out to be this, like, loser dude. <laughs> he's just mean a he's hot, not hot. principal. I won't yeah, stand for he can him. be a hot loser. <laughs> <laughs> they said I could be anything, so I decided to be a hot loser. A hot loser. <laughs> I had a prof who was, like, super into Tony Robbins. Um, <laughs> He told us this by doing like um, a big class all about Tony Robbins. And then he let us all shit talk Tony Robbins. And then he went, so in the 17 Tony Robbins conferences that I've been to. (laughs) Excuse me. And like noted who had been like calling him a cult leader and shit. Wow. Wow. That's wild. This is this energy. I also like how kind of subdued the response is because I'm assuming that this is the lunch hour. People are just hanging out in the tiny, tiny school calf. And their principal, who they've always seen in a three-piece suit and has always been, like, very stern, runs in, like, with a headset mic and is shouting about a seminar that he went to. And everybody's like, yeah, this this feels pretty normal. Just in the yeah, middle of their whatever. lunch. I would be pretty annoyed that it was interrupting my lunch. He seems like a terrible principal. <laughs> <laughs> I get that that's the point of the show. He, he really hasn't figured out what his approach needs to be. How did he get this job? Don't you have to be, like, old to be a principal? Do you think the real twist is that Waller killed a man? 
And that's why he's so like, he gravitates to Travis so much. He has more like pyramid scheme than murder energy. Mm. Oh, the sting of a D written in indelible red ink. Ed and I can only imagine the horror. Yeah, it's called my dad. If I don't get an A on my next test, I'm going to fail the semester. I like that they really have to like nail home the fact that Ed is a nerd. So he's just carrying a briefcase. <laughs> I definitely went to school with a kid who carried around a briefcase and he was in the debate club. Surprise. How about like a rolling backpack with like a luggage handle? Ooh, oh, that's always a good look. Yeah. So we very quickly get introduced to the B plot of the episode, which is that Lily's got a D on her physics test. Ed and Ted find her in the hallway. Ed says, look who's sprung a leak when he sees her, which is not a phrase <laughs> Look that- who's pissed herself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that is like the, the connotation of it. It's a very strange phrase, but uh, Ed and Ted agree to uh, tutor her in, in their own special way. But also in this scene, Waller walks in and finds her sitting on the ground and says, oh, hey, Lily of the Valley, which first of all, I hate. I I, yeah. I don't want a nickname for my principal. But then he pulls the whole, it takes 17 muscles to s- smile, but like 43 to frown, which I hate because as somebody who has like a very angry resting face, it takes no effort <laughs> for me to frown. I frown all yes. the time. That's a fair point. And also like the whole like, oh, just cheer up. It's only your, you know, grade that determines whether you're going to pass or fail. <laughs> it's only the only principal. metric on which I value you. Yes. Oh, Lily's man. gonna have to go see the nipple teacher in his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 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 Oh, man. I can I can feel Lily's pain, though. I feel like of the three sciences, physics was the one that evaded me the most. I just didn't get it. I didn't get physics at all. Like, I, I did abandon science fairly quickly. I think I saw chemistry all the way through. But, yeah, physics was just... Were, were you a scientist, Thomas? A scientist. Oh, for sure. You're speaking to the winner of the senior chemistry competition. <gasps> oh, shit. Wow. 2015. Yeah. Didn't know we were in the presence of royalty. Yeah. I'm somewhat um, of a scientist myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to take uh, physics all the way through, and then I realized that I didn't want to school for, go to school for science because I'm not a nerd, and then I took drama <laughs> instead, like all the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. And it served you well. Because now we're on a podcast. Because <laughs> now you get to podcast with your friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a win. <laughs> win for humanity. <laughs> Drama's cool as hell. I got a cake. Oh, to joy. You got a cake. Yeah, they don't bring you cakes in physics. <laughs> Take that, physics. It sounds like the name of a noir novel or something. They don't bring you cakes in physics. <laughs> Sammy, please God fill the niche of like teen noir high school dramas okay <laughs> all right i'll start writing them i would love just like the stupidest teen novel but like put the like raymond chandler filter up to a hundred percent oh a hundred uh, definitely i've always thought i used to want to write novels when i was a kid like earnestly write legit novels and now every time i think about writing novels i just want them to be really stupid <laughs> it's really dumb lit <laughs> the progression yes. of man <laughs> dumb lit af Oh, boy. Teen noir. I'm going to write this on a post-it and probably forget what it means. <laughs> Call it the not-so-sweet Valley High. Oh. But on, on that science-y note, I, I did want to make a point because this episode and the previous episode, for that matter, got me thinking about our 
previous qualms with the the lack of science funding at oh, yeah. Roscoe. Um, correction at Henry Roscoe High. So I looked up Henry Roscoe, and he was a chemist. Oh shit! So they're failing his legacy. Oh no! So next we pop back into RFR, where Travis, being the anti-establishment fellow he is, is ranting against Waller's new happy people, happy planet approach. I'd like to talk to you for just one minute about Waller's happy people, happy planet program. And in that happy minute, I want you to realize that eight people will die of tobacco-related illness. 64 acres of rainforest will be destroyed. And we'll bum out 15 listeners. We get Travis's kind of like ranting bit on the radio where he fully fully establishes himself as like the proto-Riverdale Jughead Jones. Yes! He he steps closer and closer every episode. Travis is absolutely a Bernie bro. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Also, it is absolutely not Waller in that picture in his office. It's so so as this bit is going, we get a shot of Waller listening in his office, as he always does. As much as he hates RFR, he is always, always listening to it. And he's putting up this massive poster that has this like very like 70s like font like rainbow font that says be happy at the top of it and it's just like an extreme close-up of somebody's face it's not waller (laughs) but it looks enough like waller that it's very weird like it's it's as if he's got a photo of his own face just massive in his office looking at his desk and i love the idea that he's going to be putting these up potentially around the school oh boy waller's always watching and smiling be happy and also it also kind of looks like, I don't know, it made me think of a movie poster because it clearly has all this little, these little blocks of white text along the bottom. It looks like the click poster. <laughs> <laughs> In my never-ending quest to try to decipher the, the text of these posters that we find in these 360p episodes of RFR, I, I tried to make out some of the text at the bottom of the poster. The only word that I thought I could decipher was cheeks. So do with that what you will. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if that was Terry Fox or Beck in the picture behind Moni. <laughs> my favorite game show. Is it Terry Fox or Beck? <laughs> oh, look, Ted. She's lined up her books so perfectly. Yes, I see. And three kinds of pencils. How cute. We pop into Lily's room where Ed and Ted have come to tutor her in physics. And she's, like, all ready to go. She's got all her school stuff out. And Ed and Ted just kind of, like, they're, like, admiring her desk. And then Ted just, like, pushes all her shit off the desk. And they say, Lily, physics is a lie. We're not going to learn the traditional way. You have to learn our way now. Get started off on Ed and Ted's educational journey. Ed and Ted's excellent adventure. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) I like the thought that Ted would do that in, like, other situations in his life. Would just like mm-hmm. knock things over and be like, that's physics, baby. Yeah. Knock shit off a shelf. Language arts is about doing. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian Senate is appointed by the Governor General. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking keys her car. <laughs> Every day they have to like get him, like stop him from swiping his own lunch off the table. They're like, Ted. You have to stop. It's not how lunch works. Is he bullying himself? <laughs> He's bullying himself <laughs> using physics. This is just the um, anarchist precursor to the bone dance from Hannah Montana. Oh, God. Remember that one where she has to do a dance to learn anatomy? What? 
there's a there's a Hannah Montana episode where she like devises a song and dance to memorize the name of all every bone in the human body. But oh. the problem is she like gets to the test and starts doing it, and the the teacher's like, you can't just like dance and sing and name every bone out loud during this <laughs> test, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everybody and, join in? Yeah, and they call themselves the Bone Bugs, which like. <laughs> No one else knew the song. How did you all learn this choreography? And also, like, if you didn't intend people to join in, why did you add, like, a verse in the end where you call yourselves the Bone Bugs? <laughs> if it was just her, it wouldn't make any sense. This is That's insane. It's oh. insane to me. It's so good. But we've, we've got, like, this recurring bit of Waller listening to RFR roasting him and him saying, I guess I got my work cut out for me. And then... Ed and Ted um, starting to tutor Lily, and we've got Ed saying, I guess it got my work cut out for me. Yeah, I love he, like, awkwardly pets Lily's head just yeah. as, like, Lily's bending down, so it doesn't quite work, but it's a cute moment. This little pat on the head. Crunch, <clears throat> I've heard that ever since Danny, the principal formerly known as Waller, took over the spirit part of the school, your job has been made obsolete. Travis is continuing to rant about happy people, happy planet, and Ray manages to turn things around by putting a fun spin on the whole situation by turning it into this bit where because Danny is taking over school spirit, he's put their mascot Crunch the Cougar out of work, and Robbie plays Crunch, and they have this cute interview. It just made me think about the fact that technically Travis is supposed to be Crunch the Cougar, according to a few episodes ago. Yeah, how how long did he have to pull off that stint as as Crunch? Or is it ongoing? Yeah. Uh, I am I, become yeah. Crunch. I am become Crunch, destroyer of worlds. Uh, but yes, so Ray manages to, to turn things around and make it a little less doomy and gloomy. And they say, you know what? We've probably given Principal Waller some things to think about. Cut to the cafeteria where we get the most. Uh, do you want? Do you want to explain this one, Jody? I mean, I want to start by saying he's so disheveled. He's in a very poorly tied tie. His sleeves are like yeah. half rolled up. He walks in, <laughs> being like, "People, I'm in the house." I got a program for you when you're feeling down. It's sure to put a smile on that gloomy frown. From sad to glad, don't run the gamut. Just be happy on this happy planet. Yeah. And you get a lot of extras in the back covering their faces and being like, "Oh yeah. my god!" You've got like Ray like reaching out and like grabbing Travis's shoulder, and everyone just kind of looking on in horror as Danny Waller unprompted just wraps to a cafeteria full of mean teenagers <laughs> why aren't they like all loving this they can just like get away with anything now right yeah yeah they're so pissed off about like him like making a fool of himself and like saying like i don't care what you do anymore I don't understand anyone's motivation in this situation. Would you rather be, like, annoyed or, like, have this, like, dictator running your school? No, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I don't get, like, the, their their motivation because they are giving kind of, like, free reign now. They're not just, whatever. like, cringing. They're, like, mad at him. Yeah. They're like, how dare you? <laughs> and even Travis's stance isn't, like, super founded at anything. Like, it's not like he's he's saying anything in particular. He's just saying, I want to suffer all the time. <laughs> Don't tell me yeah, not to. It is Travis. Like, that's that's pretty much par for the course. Hey, what about you? You're a happy sort, aren't you, Rock and Robbie? Ray, Robbie, and Travis are chatting at their cafeteria table about 
you know, Ray wants to sort of take this bit that they did with Crunch and kind of make it bigger, make it funnier, keep kind of dunking on the happy people, happy planet stuff. And Robbie's kind of like, you you know, guys, who's he really hurting? And of course, that's the time where uh, Principal Waller or Danny uh, comes in, checks in with the guys, and he ends up making Robbie his happy deputy, which means it's now Robbie's duty to like, see if students are sad and try to make them happy. And... Which is yep. kind of <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like, the student's mental well-being is now your responsibility, kid. <laughs> we do get in that interaction, um, one of the gang calls uh, him Mr. Waller when he sits down. <laughs> and he goes, uh-oh, Mr. Waller was my father. And the I, I hate the way that he says it. <laughs> and it's also... It it made me think because he sounds so childish when he he does it. It makes me think of the episode of Recess where Principal Prickly gets hypnotized into thinking he's six years old. Oh yeah, it I just it that. feels like that. It feels like he thinks he's a teenager and he's trying to fit in. He's like, I'm just I'm Danny. I'm one of the gang. It uh, algebra. Ugh. <laughs> Am I right? I was thinking about the episode of 30 Rock with Abby Grossman. Oh, oh the sexy baby. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I forgot about that. Oh, my yeah, God. There's like a solid chance that Waller devolves into sexy baby by the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, Thomas, you're you're right that we've really deprived our audience by not mentioning what a sexy baby Waller is this entire time. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> So that's that scene. <laughs> so then we're, we're in school, presumably later that day. Uh, Lily's, you know, separated from the group. She's sitting on a bench studying physics and for some reason has a very full glass of water with her. <laughs> Extremely full. Why does she have a glass of water? I want to add that the bottom of that glass of water is like rounded. Yeah. Like you couldn't, what the like hell? you couldn't set it down. <laughs> that's a big test tube. But it's just like, she's, she's just sitting on... Why? Why? I can't get over that she has a glass of water. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But comically large, rounded, full glass of water as she's sitting on a bench and Ed and Ted in their physics tactics drop something from the staircase above her into her glass and it spills her water everywhere. I would be so mad. Like, I understand the teaching aspect of it, but nothing makes me more upset than like a wet book. <laughs> oh, I mean, especially after you've you've gone through post secondary and you have to pay for all those yeah. textbooks. Mm-hmm. Like I had somebody spill their coffee on one of my textbooks in oh uh, no in university, and I was so upset. Oh, that sucks. Ed and Ted explain again to Lily that it's physics is everywhere. You know, this is what we're doing, and Lily's Lily kind of implores them to just teach her normally, and Ed and Ted are like. No, bye. And then Lily, <laughs> basically. And then Lily says, you know what? Okay, she physically throws her textbook away and says, please just help me out. Realistically, how many like topics are there going to be covered on this physics test? Because so far they have thrown her books on the ground and like dropped a ball into her glass of water. And that can't be like <laughs> the only two things on this test. I'm, I'm pretty sure those are the only two physics, Thomas. Yeah, there's only... T- it, it would just be called physic if like one of them was gone. Yeah. The, covered covered <laughs> both they, of them. Did they need to pull like 60 pranks on her over the next like two days? <laughs> I mean, I yes. think that's really the way that you teach it is that physics is all about pranks. My high school physics teacher had... Um, 
these two, there was always a question on her test about like weightlifters to like explain forces. Uh, <laughs> and the weightlifters were always named, I think it was Will Enable, and the other one was Ben Pumpin' Iron. <laughs> ben <laughs> and Pumpin' Iron. The tests would feature Will Enable and Ben Pumpin' Iron, and then um, a woman whose speech bubble said, Sigh, Ben Pumpin' Iron. <laughs> 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 and I'm, I really hope that um, Ed and Ted are featured on this uh, <laughs> physics test, oh. just like wreaking havoc on Lily. Oh yes. boy. Like these exact scenarios are the questions on the test. Yeah, that's exactly. That's wild. I, I love that they, they get last names. Cause I remember like, you know, you'd yeah. have examples in like math questions, but it would be like, Mary and Paul are going to the market, but like these yeah. guys have full backstories. But there was like no better joke than Ben Pumpin' Iron. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a character for your noir now, Sammy. Yes, <laughs> I I love it. No, that's great. My uh, my math teacher, the the same math teacher, the, the nipple math teacher in uh, high school, <laughs> on his test, he just teaches nipple he, math. He teaches nipple math. Um, if Greg has nine nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on the assignments that he would give out in math, he would like pick a show or something. Like he'd pick SpongeBob or Meet the something Fockers. like that. Yeah, <laughs> Milk me, Greg. <laughs> he'd pick Fucking Meet the Fockers. And um, at the end of each assignment, he would put a picture of a character from like whatever piece of media he picked. And then on the test, you would get like a bonus mark for every character that you could name. That was in the assignments. And it was how I did well in math. Nice. In academic news, math teacher Mr. Levine has implemented the bell curve. Now, if you don't understand how this grading system works, you're probably failing math anyways. The March of the Honor Roll students was canceled today when one of the students got sick and the other one didn't want to march alone. So we head to RFR where the three boys are doing this really great bit where they're doing kind of a news bulletin. So they're reading like the top news stories from the school and they're all really funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's very much um, like whose line when they're doing the, the fake news kind of bit. Yes. It's, it's, it's very quick. It's genuinely funny. It's a good bit. It's legitimately super good. But of course, we get Waller listening in his office. Barely contained rage. But we get more shots of like students just having radios on, on school grounds just listening to it on their personal radios, which like there must be a cacophony in this oh, yeah. high school of just all of these radio stations. And also assuming that Cougar radio is playing at the same time in oh, these hallways. No. It hurts my that's brain. That's for me, dog. That's kind of, that's pretty much our first half is, you know, Lily's going to try Ed and Ted's way of teaching and the boys are starting to poke at Principal Waller bit. And we're getting that good old neurotic, barely contained rage that we all know and love Principal Waller for. He is hanging on by a thread. And I'm sure we're going to see that snap pretty soon. For today's uh, CanCon commercial break, we're talking about a favorite from my childhood. Uh, this week's show is The Big Comfy Couch. Uh, 
So The Big Comfy Couch initially aired from 1992 to 1996, with seasons running also in 2002 and in 2006. It originally aired on YTV, but later seasons were on Treehouse, and it was produced by Radical Sheep Productions. Now, before we get into it, uh, Thomas, why, why The Big Comfy Couch? I guess more so than me. The Big Comfy Couch was my sister's favorite show, and she had uh, like a little Molly the Dolly like doll. Oh yeah. Um, that was like constantly dragged around the house. So Aww. Big Comfy Couch has always been like a constant in my life. Aww. Um, and I just think it's very buck wild. <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> which I'm sure we'll get into. So just getting into the crew, uh, this show was created by Cheryl Wagner. So she started as a puppeteer for Fraggle Rock. She worked on the series from 1982 to 1987. She acted as the right hand of Jim Henson himself for the characters Cantus and Convincing John on Fraggle Rock. So that's pretty cool. She spent Wait, a character's name was Convincing John? I believe so. <laughs> According to Wikipedia. It's, it's my puppet, that's great. Convincing John. Um, my favorite disciple. <laughs> She's been working in the puppet game for a while. She also puppeted uh, the character Annie on Mr. Dressa. Nice. And then in the 90s, she collaborated with Rob Mills and his company, Radical Sheep Productions, to make the Big Comfy Couch. Um, Radical Sheep Productions is also responsible for shows like Stella and Sam, Winging It, and Darcy's Wildlife. Oh. So Cheryl would later go on to develop and produce more kids series like Poco and Bow on the Go. And she is now based out of Charlottetown in PEI and is president of Periscope Pictures, Inc. Cool. Nice. So that's a little look into the creator. So the show itself was hosted by Lunette the Clown. She and her doll Molly live on the big comfy couch. And it's just kind of like comprised of a bunch of, of different segments um, that were super fun. I mean, like my favorite, and I think one of the most iconic ones, is the, the clock rug stretch. And you know what? I haven't even done my clock rug stretch yet today. Hey, want to do it with me? So she yes. would have this segment where she'd have like the circular like clock rug and she would do the stretch where she would like make her arms and legs um, like the hands of the clock and she would go around the clock and it was super fun. I remember like doing the stretch along with her and it was just such a good time. I yeah. watched a video of it a few days ago. It is like impressive. Yeah, you gotta have some flexible hips. Yeah. Yeah. Lunette must have had, like, abs of steel. She's shredded. <laughs> yeah, Lunette the clown is shredded. That's in the canon. More representation for buff clowns. <laughs> it feels good to see yourself represented. You know? But yeah, so there was uh, the clock rug stretch. There was the 10 second tidy, which was basically just her, like, shoving shit in the couch. We can relate. Yep. Um, There's story time where she would read to Molly, who is her doll. Um, and then there were segments with like the other characters on the show. So there were like the dust bunnies that lived under the couch. Oh, fuzzy yes. and fuzzy. Yeah. Um, or uh, she'd interact with the other various people who lived in clown towns. So there was like a, a mailman and her aunt. And there would be just like little scenes of them interacting with like little kind of theme of the week kind of vibe to it. It's very wholesome. Granny Garbanzo. It's very cute. Granny Garbanzo. Major and Bedhead. Major Bedhead. Major Bedhead. Who was yes. that? What was the aunt's name? Auntie McCasser. So I'm not going to go too deep into a lot of the cast, but I mean, I will talk about Allison Court, who was Lunette the Clown. I'm um, very excited. <laughs> 
I mean, she's she's got a couple of other major credits to her name. I think like her other most notable work, she voiced Jubilee in the 90s X-Men series and Lydia Dietz in the Beetlejuice TV series. Oh, nice. Beyond that, kind of in a different vein, she's voiced Claire Redfield in the Resident Evil video games. Wow. Of course. Which is such such a beautiful turn. Uh, so yeah. from 2000 to 2003, still at the around the time where this was airing and she was working on this, she was the host of the morning children's programming block on CBC, Get Set for Life. I remember that. In her personal life, she has a son named Blade, and she's married to comic Hell book creator Z.M. Yes. Thomas. So she's she's still Blade court. She, she's still working. She's doing some <laughs> Blade Court. Fuck yes, I would absolutely watch Blade Court at, at three PM on TBS. Yes. And it's just like all knife crimes. Yes, either that or everybody's on rollerblades. Oh, God. <laughs> It's all, was, yeah, it's all cases about stabbings, and it's every, everybody's on rollerblades. What was the CBC Dancing with the Stars figure skating knockoff show? Battle of the Blades. Battle of the Blades. <laughs> yeah, you don't oh, know yeah. about this? Oh, I, I vaguely I remember. It was, it, I mean, I, I got into it. It was literally just like a ripoff of Dancing with the Stars, but it was about figure skating. Of course it was. That's awesome. That's great. Shout out Elvis Stoiko. No, I would, I would 100% be down to watch Blade Court, though. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Love it. So she's done some some voice acting pretty recently. Um, she was one of the lead characters in Mysticons, which was uh, a recent animated series. And in that same vein, so she's actually got some voice directing credits under her belt as well. So she's been the voice cool. director for the Magic School Bus Rides Again and Cupcake and Dino General Services. So yeah, she's she's still working in different capacities. Um, she has a YouTube channel, A Courtroom. What? It's it's all about her blade court. Knife crimes. There's not a lot on it. The last video is from two years ago. It's 19 seconds long, and it is her giving Trudeau a copy of the X Men comics. <laughs> what? So Allison Court uh, was pretty important to a lot of people of that time. It's a pretty iconic character, but she was replaced by Ramona Gilmore Darling for the 2006 season, which was the last season of the show. Oh. There's also a third Lunette, actually, because there was a live tour where Lunette was played by Rebecca Cray. Uh, So in 2007, a live theatrical production entitled Molly's Full Moon Festival toured in Canada. The show included Lunette, Molly, Granny Garbanzo, Major Bedhead, and others. Um, and aside from that, the Big Comfy Couch also had a few live shows at London Dairy Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> and I really like the phrasing. This is from the Wikipedia page, but just the phrasing of this. Um, so it had a few live shows in Edmonton and sometimes in Calgary and rarely in Regina. <laughs> rarely. <laughs> it was there, but like We don't go rarely. to Regina. Like, really wants to downplay how important Regina was in this whole process. Alberta's where it's at. Yeah. It's barely It's barely even Regina. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Major Bedhead, another one of the recurring characters, was played by Fred Stinson. I couldn't find a ton about him. Um, Yeah, he was a character in Doodle Bops, like, kind of similar vein, similar kind of acting. Just brought back a wave of trauma. Back when I was in high school, one of my friends said, hey, guys, do you remember the big comfy couch? And we were like, yeah. And they're like, do you remember the Liar Liar song? 
And we were like, no. And <laughs> it's just, it's kind of a wild number where Major Bedhead just like, it's a lot more thrusting than you would expect in a kid's show. Let's put it that way. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging from a telephone wire. Squirming, squirming, pants are burning when I lie, my hips start turning. The B-52s really fell off. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think of the liar, liar bit when I think of Big Comfy Couch these days. So thanks to my pal Morgan from high school <laughs> for, for showing me that back in high school. I answer that to my dad later. <laughs> so that's fred stinson as major bedhead the only other note for, that i have for him was that he was also a puppeteer for the bride of chucky checks wow. out checks out absolutely yep. you've also got tabora johnson as auntie macassar um she's also a, a blues singer and has done a lot of voice acting she was um a backup singer for Rick James. I don't know if that's better or worse. Certainly less erotic than this. <laughs> <laughs> Grindel Kucherka played Granny Garbanzo. This was the only credit that I could find for her. And then you've got the puppet characters, Snickle Fritz and Fuzzy and Wuzzy. So unfortunately, there are no change.org petitions to bring back the big comfy couch. However, in searching for one, I did find a very interesting post in the forums on moviechat.com from 14 years ago. Good. I'm so excited. This post comes from a user named Mrs. Underscore Sprouse. <laughs> <laughs> and the title is Let's Make a Petition. The text says, why don't we start a petition about changing the new lunette and get back Allison? I will first need an assistant. And that's the first person that replies. Then the rest of the people will say their names and why they want Allison back. This is going to go fine. <laughs> WWJD, what would Jesus do? He would love you. That's it. <laughs> wow. Jesus would love that you went to court for Allison Court. This is going to go fine. Second Corinthians this 8 24. This is going to go fine. <laughs> There was one response to this post that said, kiddo, let Allison have a life. No doubt if she wanted to be Lynette still, she would be. Let her go. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, uh, legally, though, he is now technically her assistant. <laughs> <laughs> also, what, like, 40-year-old man is on this moviechat.com backslash big comfy couch? <laughs> Kiddo, let this woman live. Yes. I, I will tell you, there are five pages worth of forum posts. There's a, a lot of people talking in there. Most of them are just wow. like individual posts without responses, but it's a lot of people shitting on the new lunette and saying oh they want oh Allison back. Oh my god. Wow. It's, it's a lot of that. I think the, the first post in the forum is someone asking for Allison Court's home address because she had... <laughs> Because they had written a big comfy couch novel and wanted to send it to her. Oh my Holy god. Holy fuck. Which is a lot. Oh no. That is so much. I have a couple other choice forum posts. Um, there, this, this is a one-off. This didn't have any responses. But the title of this is, Have You Heard? <laughs> and the text says, On the same date this show premiered, Full House's Subterranean Graduation Blues also first aired on ABC. What? <laughs> Are all the False House episodes named after Bob Dylan songs? <laughs> but like, 
Uh, can you imagine? I think I need to start watching Full House. I I know that episode. That's that's not even like it's not a premiere. Why is that important? I why, don't. Why is I don't that a fun fact? Like, have you heard? As if it's a fun fact. As if you got to be in the know. <laughs> These forums did lead me to a, a very cute fun fact. Actually, this was from a kind of forum thread about like a discussion of her family dynamics. And someone had pointed to like a Q&A that was on the official Big Comfy Couch website back when when that was up and running. Uh, the question was, does Lunette have parents? And the official like answer from, from the Big Comfy Couch creator said, clown families are all a little different from ours and baby clowns arrive in a very different manner. Lunette floated oh. down under a dream blanket. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, we, we know the rest. The souls are trapped in Molly the dolly. <laughs> and the bones are their money and so are the worms. Lunette floated down under a dream blanket parachute on the night of a full moon after the clowns had a secret circus. Did you say a full moon? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Outstanding. A secret circus is when clowns perform for each other and make each other laugh so hard that bubbles of joy float up to the moon and a baby clown is born. Lunette landed in the loving arms of Granny Garbanzo and Auntie Macassar and Uncle Chester, who have taken very good care of her. <laughs> Clowns laugh so hard they come. <laughs> Damn good I didn't have to say it. <laughs> so it's becoming increasingly obvious, increasingly obvious, that the creators of the show were walked in on by their child. So they went, we need an out. Oh <laughs> Produced a show, waited for the child to grow old enough to get onto the forums. When a mom and dad laugh together very much. <laughs> so uh, just just some other wrap up facts about the show. It was the winner of the 1993 Alliance for Children and Television Award of Excellence, the 1995 Gemini Award for Best Children's Program, and the 21st Annual Mid-South Emmy Award for Best Children's Program and Best Set Design in 2007. There's tons of merch from the show, a lot of which you could still find on Kijiji and eBay. Really? Lots of lots of dolls, um, lots of, of stuffies from the show. I think the Molly dolls are probably like the, the most popular thing. I, you 100% had a Molly yeah. doll, Jody. You freaking loved it. I also had like a felt board. It was like this, this yes. purple um, kind of piece of felt on a, a thick like cardboard base. And it came with like the couch and the dust bunnies. And it was like, you could like lay out the felt and play with it. And it was really cute. And that was amazing. Oh, that was really cool. You were super into felt for a while. Like yes. getting like little felt boards and that, like yeah. making felt scenes. Yeah, it was fun. It was cute. But yeah, it also had tons of books. Um, there's like a memory board game that you can still find. You can still find a lot of episodes on YouTube if you are interested in going watching a big comfy couch episode for, for the nostalgia factor. Or, you know, Aww. if you want, you can go play the apps. Because there are four apps available on the App Store. What? First is Just Ask Molly. This app allows the player to ask Molly any question and she can communicate to the player via her thought bubbles like she would in the show. Oh. Um, there's also Fuzzy Wuzzy Fun, which features the dust bunnies playing hide and seek. Clock Rug Time, where you can set the timer and um, you can like use it as an alarm clock. No way. That's pretty fire. It's a little little stretch routine. And then Molly's Big Day, which is focused on Molly and her big first day in Clowndergarden. 
and has like a little oh, clounder garden. They can you can still find them on garden. the app store. I think they're like a dollar each. But that's awesome. Sounds engaging. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up my dad's attachment to this show. Um, he has a Google alert set up for Allison Court, and he emails my whole family anytime anything happens with her in the news. <laughs> no, he oh, does she's not. A, oh, she's in a play. Look at Allison Court. Oh, she's she's doing a speaking appearance in like I don't know wherever Langley. She's um, giving comics to Justin Trudeau. Deeply engaged with Allison Court content. That is so great. Two is that the ten second tidy up uh, was a big part of my youth. Um, <laughs> Just shoved in, in the couch. Uh, no, yes. in that when it was like, uh, my dad's a twisted man, and he would often hide <laughs> around the house, and then like trick me into going to like get him things from his workshop, and then jumping out and scaring me as a four year old. <laughs> oh um, my god! Or like sending me to the basement to get something, and then killing the circuit breaker, uh, <laughs> and then screaming at me through the intercom. <laughs> And so the 10 second tidy up uh, was twisted uh, to when I was going to bed, uh, he would start counting down from 10 very quickly. And if I wasn't in bed by zero, he would come and scare me. (laughs) (laughs) So I am deeply haunted by the 10 second tidy up. And even now, when I go home to visit my parents, my dad will randomly just start counting down 10 Nine. Eight. <laughs> no. And it's deeply upsetting because so I would generally get to six times. and I would start to cry and then my mom would get <laughs> no. mad at my dad. Oh. Holy fuck. But then when I had to go to therapy, I ratted him out and the therapist got mad at him and it was funny. So I won. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad, for ruining me. Oh, God. So uh, th- there were some some later appearances from Allison Court later on. She appeared at the 2017 Peterborough Comic Con. Uh, she was apparently like a big get for the convention. I found like an article yeah. about people saying like people don't realize like what a what a like Canadian icon she is. So that was like a big get for Peterborough. Um, in a kind of recent ET Canada interview, Allison said she'd be happy to be involved in a reboot. Um, but maybe <gasps> acting in a directing capacity now. And uh, she she wore like the red clown nose during the interview. And it was very cute. Nice. I felt a similar thing when Forest City Comic Con got Scott Yaffe. It's <laughs> like, don't underestimate how much we love these like 90s Canadian people. Yeah. Like, get more of them. <laughs> so in 2016, in a bit responding to the clown sightings that were happening all over North America, <gasps> uh, Lunette appeared as a correspondent on This Hour Has 22 Minutes. Amazing. Oh my god! This was the first time Allison Court had played the role in 14 years, and uh, she she did it for this bit. But you have to admit, you know, some clowns are scary. Really? And, um, how exactly can you tell which clowns are the scary ones, Mark? You don't have to deal with clown profiling every day of your life. I, for one, am sick of being stopped by the police every time I lurk outside an abandoned building just because of the color of my nose. So, of course, I had to look into some reviews for the show. And today's reviews are from Common Sense Media. There's a lot of reviews on here of people saying that they love the show. There's a lot more reviews of people saying they were scared of the show. Oh, no. This one is called, wow, must watch. Wow, I can't believe this show is still on. 
I love this growing up from when I was like two. Me and my big and little brothers love the show. There's only one bad thing for parents for the show. You will find new things in your couch every day for letting your kids watch it. Me and my brothers tired well did play along with pulling thing out of the couch. Stretching with... <laughs> I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> Stretching with the clock, I never would have guessed that was exercised until now, 15 years later. I will let my future kids watch the show all day long. It's better than what things they have on now. Miss the show big time. But kind of in the vein of what we were talking about before, I did find I did find this review called Don't Be Fooled by the Goofy Clowns. This show has disturbing sexual references. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is this is a long review. Let me start by saying that I used to watch this show as a child and recently stumbled across it on YouTube Kids while browsing through old shows with my husband and six-year-old. While I had a vague memory of any specific details, I remember being obsessed with the couch. The main character, Lunette, would randomly pull oversized objects from inside the couch, items that couldn't possibly fit without magic. Sounds like a dream for the imaginative child, right? I hit play on the first episode that came up and was utterly floored by the content. The scene opened with Lunette and her puppet doll, Molly, under her blanket making funny noises. Hmm. Lunette popped her head out and said, (laughs) Oh, hi, we're playing under our blanket making funny noises. She covered her head and continues making blowing noises with her tongue. Fart sounds and reappears to assure the audience that it's okay, we're only making silly noises. Molly, who doesn't speak, expresses herself with thought bubbles containing pictures of what she is thinking. Molly rhymed the word bum with a thought picture of a cartoon baby in a diaper, bent over as she previously was, showing the top of her bum. What? I don't know. Granted, adults see things differently than kids. My husband and I viewed this scene with the knowledge of bad things in the world, and maybe we were overthinking it. However, we immediately exited the show and went back to the YouTube search results only to see titles like Give a Pinch, Grow an Inch, Bubble Bath for Molly, and I Feel Good. After further research on my own, I found an array of sexual references in nearly every episode of the show, making it clear that this odd display was not an isolated creepy incident. Jesus Christ, what? lady. <laughs> what? That's, that's a reach. That is, that is the, the biggest reach. Like, just wanting to find bad. I mean, liar, liar's debatable, but like all that other (laughs) stuff she was going on about. I conducted further research on my own, watching every episode. (laughs) Just to make sure. One final review. This one is called Pointless and Unrealistic. (laughs) (laughs) This show is so unrealistic. It's a female clown. How many of those do you see at the surface? That's the big thing. That's the big qualm. It's a female clown and a doll made to seem alive. They do crap in the show. (laughs) No, no, I'm not okay with this point. Not just like, oh, they could have female clowns. Like, clowns aren't like an inherently male thing, are they? (laughs) I don't think so. Like, there's female clowns. We we had cousins who went to clown camp. We did. Only only men get to be the clowns. (laughs) I still remember, yeah, like our cousins walking in the stampede parade as clowns and they tried to invite me to come with them and I immediately burst into tears because children are afraid of clowns. Clown stampede. Clown stampede. Clown stampede. stampede. That's better than my my stampede experience. They do crap in the show, like in the beginning. Sorry, you can't just say that was better than my experience (laughs) at the stampede anyways. Okay. Um, here's, here's a little tangent story time in the middle of this. So when I was in elementary school, I was, um, a school crossing guard and I was pretty good at it. 
and had a had a teacher like who was the kind of supervisor of of that patrol who thought I was pretty good at it. So he entered me into a contest that was like determining the the best like school safety patroller in I think the province. I think the province. So got entered into that. It was very nice. Um, just like the gesture of it. Didn't think anything would really come of it. And then I made it into like the top six or something. And that meant that I got to be in the stampede parade. But our float, it was like safety themed, like it was school safety themed, but also it was Cinderella themed. So it was like Cinderella, but there wasn't a carriage. There was a school bus and we had like a big banner that we were carrying around. You know, there were like six of us there. There was a Cinderella and a Prince Charming. And then the rest of us had to be mice. But it was the stampede, so we had to be cowboy mice. <laughs> so my experience, so I, I walked the stampede parade. I was in the stampede parade with my face painted like a mouse, but I didn't have mouse ears on. I had a cowboy hat on. So I just had some really weird looking, like, disconnected <laughs> face paint and was carrying a painter that was like, stay safe, kids. <laughs> This is unrealistic and improbable. <laughs> this is pointless. Uh, female mice, how many of those do you see? I have so many questions about what is involved in winning a safety monitor competition, but another time. Another time. To to recap this review. Um, it's a female clown. How many of those do you see at the circus? And a doll made to seem alive. They do crap in the show. Like in the beginning, the clown stretches her arms. The clown stretches her arms and legs around like a clock. There's usually a problem and they solve it. The clown reads a dumb story on the couch and then they do like the 10 second tidy with the pit around their couch. That's like an hour. The producers put it in fast motion. It's never really 10 seconds. This show is a waste of time. Oh my god. What a, what a hot take on the big comfy couch. Wow. I want to see that person's review of every show that has like any sort of magical element to it or like talking characters. Those weren't even like magical things. He was like, they stretch and read a dumb book. Unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> also, they sped up an hour of footage into 10 seconds. What a waste of time. No, it's not. They fast forwarded through it. They saved your time. What do you want? Ah. Our six degrees of RFR for this episode. Allison Court, uh, who of course is Lunette, voiced the character Megan in the series The Amazing Spies. So the main cast of that show also included people like uh, Dan Petroniovic and Julie Lemieux, who are like prominent voice actors we've talked about before. We've seen them come up in our shows. Um, but also in the main voice cast is Sugar Lynn Beard, a.k.a. Yes. Sugar from The Zone. Stop. <laughs> uh sugar voiced rainy in sailor moon but who else voiced rainy in sailor moon oh it's tracy, tracy hoy, hoy who's miss mitchell the english teacher in rfr everything connects baby it always goes back to sailor moon it really does you know when in doubt sometimes it's hard to find connections and i'm like you know what the sailor moon will factor into this somehow sammy your knowledge of knowing Every single voice actor in the Sailor Moon animated series is one of the more impressive things. Thank you. To be fair, I don't really know the new cast. I know like the older like Canadian cast. <laughs> oh, never but... mind. I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan. Yes. 
Did you know Canada, like the Canadian audience is the reason why the rest of Sailor Moon got dubbed after like the first season? Really? Because, yeah, it's just like, you. it was, yeah, it's <laughs> just When you me. write enough letters. <laughs> Please, Deke. <laughs> yeah, no, Canada loved it so much that like the Canadian response was like so big that it was like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll keep going. It was all dubbed in Canada anyway, so that's why I get a lot of CanCon people. So that's the big comfy couch. <laughs> what, a, what a fun jaunt down memory lane this was. Today you're going to learn the first law of inertia. Now, by taking this card, this ball, placing him on the vase, you'll see the law in action. The Niagara Falls postcard. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. I'm also extremely scared of Niagara Falls because I would walk. I went once when I was a child and we walked past it and my dad would uh, grab me and yell at me when we were passing the haunted house. <laughs> Fucking hell! Dad's a wild man. Your dad would count to ten, and by the time he reached zero, you'd have to jump into the falls. <laughs> Put you in a tiny barrel. Thomas, I'm gonna count to ten. By the time I get to zero, you better get into a little barrel and jump <laughs> in to Lake Ontario. <laughs> or I'm gonna make you go in a haunted house. Ed and Ted are helping Lily study by doing... Oh, which law was it? I don't know. But they put a vo- they put a tennis ball on top of a postcard on top of a vase, and then Ted whipped away the postcard with enough force that the ball just fell into the vase. And then Ed and Ted were like super hyped about that, and they end up breaking the vase. And yeah, so we're not sure how well this whole approach to learning is going for Lily. Now it's, she's lost a vase out of it and ruined a textbook. So. Is she learning? I guess we'll find out. Guys, I can't help it. Walter's making me report every single frown I turn upside down. He made you make a chart? Well, no. The chart was my idea. So, in the cafeteria, Robbie is actually kind of trying to take his happy deputy duties to heart by telling a fellow student to put ketchup in their macaroni. And he's got a little chart put together to, I guess, mark off what he's doing. And Travis asks him if Waller asks, like, Travis, no, sorry. Uh, and it turns out he just made a chart because of course he did because he's Robbie. <laughs> I actually kind of love that. Like it's such a it's such a good consistent character trait that Robbie, of course, would make like a little chart for himself. And then Waller comes in. And at, at first, first, I was stunned by these expressions of negativity. negativity. Waller set up this mysterious kind of like papered wall in the cafeteria. And he's explaining to the students that that he was kind of feeling down with some of the criticism he was receiving. And he says, But then, I I said to myself. And we cut to Ray, who says, If I call this number, will I really have a good time? Kate, (laughs) that is the first time I've ever gotten that joke. Like, I remember, like, that's a wild joke to have in a family channel show. And especially because it's the principal. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. What it's, a good yeah. joke. It's, it's a really good joke, but it's it's wild. I, I do love the, the framing of these shots because, you know, we've got Waller talking to all of the students, but then we'll cut back to the, the boys. And right between Travis and Ray, you can see this lunch lady just staring on and yep. watching. She looks so upset. She's like this fucking guy with his bullshit She's again. She's kind of like watching in horror. It's It's a lot. Like the these poor the the lunch staff has had to deal with so much 
like between know, Waller and like rallies. dying all of that mac and cheese pink. Jesus Christ. Oh God, yeah. In this tiny, tiny cafeteria. The smallest cafeteria. So it turns out Principal Waller has set up this wall for people to write positive affirmations and nobody's really into it. So of course this is his chance to sort of pick on Robbie as his happy deputy as his happy deputy as his happy deputy to go and write on the wall and Robbie ends up writing just like don't worry be happy and Waller's like okay that's fine and then he says who's next and his eyes look like they're ready to pop out of his head he knows this is a bad idea uh this would not end well it really wouldn't happy deputy happy deputy <laughs> happy planet oh it is terrifying happy deputy hoopy doopy happy deputy happy wife <laughs> This is not my happy deppy. <laughs> and then we go to a fun montage where Ed and Ted are trying to teach Lily physics with various sporting equipments. It's a frightening scene here is the happy people, happy planet, get happy program has gone amok. Classes are being interrupted by sing-alongs, people are being suffocated by warm hugs, and students are smiling so much their faces are getting cramped. Oh, the humanity. This is Scoop Pronto reporting live. This just in. Uh, so we get like this very well produced continuation of this like new show that the boys are doing back at the station. It devolves into kind of like this emergency state where Pronto is acting as like the reporter on the scene at this outbreak um, that's kind of zombifying all the students to create this this happy people, happy planet horde. Um, and it's it's a very good bit. Waller is, of course, listening in. On another comically small radio, he has so many radios. <laughs> I hadn't little, noted that. That's so great. green handheld radio. Um, and we see more students in the hallways, again, with massive boomboxes, just just listening. As Waller's listening in, you can kind of see him look a little bit... He, he's got a bit of a defeated look on his face. As he, he kind of understands the absurdity a bit. And he, he calls himself a horse's patoot. <laughs> he's, he's kind of realized that, you know, this approach isn't working for him. And we get, I always love it when Waller tears posters off walls. And we get, basically, he's tearing down this giant wall full of messages. Actually, we, we hadn't mentioned the fact yet that the first time we see Waller, he's correcting spelling errors on the messages. So clearly he hasn't really yeah. learned to let loose, yeah. which is kind of great. I, I would love to take a second and, and analyze some of the messages that we can spot yeah. in this wall. We can't make out all of them, but there are, are some good ones. Let's see. There's not enough days in the weekend. Yeah, party on, dude. Keep on rocking in the free world. You can't say that. <laughs> Live in the moment. Love the skim. <laughs> love the skin you're in. Um, love the skin. Just, just love the love skin. Love the skin. I don't see that last part, Sam. Yeah, I think it's just, just love the skin. skin. It's all gone. <laughs> I don't know. What it's all gone. <laughs> I see. It's all, but I can't tell what the last word is. There is a there is a penis on there. It kind of looks like there it, doesn't is, it? Just to the yeah. just off his shoulder. Oh yeah, that's a hundred percent a penis. In 2007, they didn't think we'd have the technology to pause television. Idiots. I, I thought you were saying in 2004, like, that, like, in terms of inflation, like, what's that penis worth in 2020, penis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't lie to me, of course. Don't lie to me is great. Yoink is great. For a second, I saw Robbie's Don't Worry, Be Happy, and I thought it said Don't Worry, Be Horny. <laughs> But the RFR crew has gotten what they want because they, they did actually miss the old Waller for some reason. 
And uh, now he's dialing back the whole happy people, happy planet thing. I have to thank you guys. If it wasn't for your great teaching method, I would have never, ever been able to get a fat, stinking app. We get the conclusion of Lily's arc. She fails the practice exam and flips out on Ed and Ted and somehow... That makes her understand physics. <laughs> and, uh, and she's explaining how angry she is at Te Ed and Ted using physics terms and laws. But, like, not even really. <laughs> it's like she, she says something and then explains how it's related to, to physics. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's, but it's somehow bad, it works. But it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. And Lily ends up getting an A uh, as she reveals to her buds in the cafeteria and Waller's back, but he's back in his three-piece suit, and he's back to good old Waller that we know and love. Um, he did take some of the suggestions to heart, which is interesting, because RFR was canvassing suggestions from listeners. And one of the things they suggested was moving the suggestion box to the cafeteria, because no one wants to write legit suggestions if the principal's just, like, watching you all the time. And so Waller does that. It's interesting to me, this relationship that Waller has with RFR, where he hates it and it bugs him and it makes him angry to listen to, but he also gets legit advice from it sometimes. <laughs> I, I do like, though, how when he places the suggestion box in the cafeteria, he just puts it down at the table where like a couple of girls are eating. Like he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't like put it like at the like actual station that people access all the time. It's just at like one one random table. But yes, order has been restored. And it's funny, Ray kind of questions why they wanted him back in the first place when Ray being Ray, he always decides to test the boundaries a little and he calls Waller Danny a couple times and Waller assigns him a thousand word essay <laughs> on the meaning of respect. <laughs> and uh, cause yeah, it wouldn't be Ray if he didn't try and fuck things up somehow that's our episode we uh more more good ed and ted gold we've been having a, a lot of joyous ed and ted episodes in the last little while we've been truly blessed Real thomas how, how did it feel to watch your first rfr episode in 15 years it was very good it, i'm impressed with like how well made it is which i know is something you guys always bring up but like yeah it's like quality it looks like an actual show it is quality and uh thank you thomas for pointing out something that we've fail to establish that Principal Waller is a hottie. He is hot. <laughs> Let's see him do the liar liar dance. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so over in Mickey's desk, songs featured in this episode include The Double Life by Rainer Maria, Anthem by Shannon Fasson, and Burning by Botanic. A very short song list for this episode. I really liked Burning by Botanic, which is the song that plays during the Ed and Ted montage, but I couldn't find anything about the band. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. So I guess I'll just say, it's a good song. It's a good song. <laughs> if you can find it, listen to it, maybe. I would normally ask if there's anything that you would like to promote, Thomas, but given that nobody's in the position of promoting much right now, um, I will instead ask you, what are some things that are making you happy? Um, I've been going back and listening to a bunch of... Um, like college football news podcasts from like November. Oh. Um, when everything was normal. Uh, so that's a, a deeply grounded thing that I'm doing. Um, I've enjoyed listening to um, concerts on Instagram Live right now because a lot of people are doing that. And it's a delight yeah. to be oh, able yeah. to um, listen to concerts in some form without having to pay tickets to go to shows or like uh, 
stand around in like a sweaty crowd of people for like a couple hours. Very true. It's a delightful experience. That's what else I've been up to. That's very good. Oh, I've been enjoying that. I've been driving. Um, I've been driving a lot through the country um, and enjoying beautiful Southern Ontario. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I found a nice big hill um, on Highway 6, just in the middle of nowhere, and it's really fun. I get all my joy from driving uh, down this big-ass hill. Big-ass hill. And my mom told me there's this really big hill outside of Hamilton, and I've tried to do some research, but I can't find anything about it. So if anyone out there has any information on the big hill in (laughs) Flamborough, Ontario, um, (laughs) please hit me up, because I've been resorted to topographical maps, and I still have not been able to find out where this big-ass hill is. So if you've got any intel on the big ass hill, you can reach out to us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or at Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. Send us a voice clip if you feel like being on the air. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of Radio Free Roscoe. If you remember any other weird can con from this time, we'd love to hear from you. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off.